Hi, welcome back to Knowing God with Heart and Mind at Weekly Visit to the Virtual Church Classroom, the podcast presented each week by Shiloh United Methodist Church in Jasper, Indiana, and hosted by yours truly, Pastor Dan, with my daughter, Bethany. Each week in this study, we seek to know God's heart and mind by studying the Bible together with the hope of engaging all of our hearts and minds. We hope that while this is a benefit to you that replaces something that may be difficult for you to accomplish each week, namely going to a Bible study, uh, that it doesn't prevent you from being a part of a local church. I know it's hard to find a good local church that fits you and your personality, but there are literally churches on every corner. And sometimes you just have to try a few out, talk to your friends, Find out what you have in common with others, and you will find the spiritual home that God intends for you to be a part of. And we'd, of course, be glad to have you at Shiloh and Jasper, and you can check us out on the Internet. Just look at the information that I will provide at the end of the broadcast. But for now, it's time to worship and pray together for a few minutes before we engage the book of Revelation. Today's psalm reading is a psalm of David, Psalm 24, and uh, it is a familiar one like last week's, words that we've heard ourselves use and probably didn't even know that it came from the psalms. But uh, here we go, Psalm 24, a psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all who live in it, for he bounded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord Almighty. He is the King of glory. Selah. Lord, the psalmist calls out to the Lord Almighty. He says, who is the worthy one? Who is the one who can 
open the gates, who will be the one with the authority to command uh, the gates to open. And of course we know, Lord, that it is our Savior Jesus Christ. And so as we come together today, we look for the very authority that the psalmist speaks of in the story we read from Revelation. We look for the way that he is revealed as the only one with the authority to open the document and to break loose the seals of the scroll. We know that he is the only one who has the authority and has done what no one else can do so that humanity, God's creation, and all that God will preserve throughout all timeless future might be preserved for God's pleasure and for us to give him glory. And this is why we sing your praises this day, Lord. This is why we study together to know your heart and to see the beautiful things that you have done and to see even in some of these terrifying images a beautiful future that you have in store for those who have trusted your Savior, Jesus Christ, the one you gave us to save us, our Savior, our Lord. And so we give you thanks this day, Lord, remembering together that as we have gathered, we are a family of faith, and all who care for one another have lifted each other in prayer to your throne of grace. And we ask your mercy, O Lord, as we come to your word now to seek you and to know you. Amen. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Well, I've got Bethany here by my side, and we have returned to the book of Revelation after two episodes of studying some commonly uh, associated ideas, the, the book of Daniel and the 70 weeks and of the Revelation, uh, Revelation, I mean the rapture of the church. So I hope those uh, side trips were helpful to you and uh, kind of gave you a way to make a little more sense of some of this that uh, you've been dealing with. It's, there's a lot of information here, and uh, if this is your first time through it, that can be a little overwhelming. So we're back to the book of Revelation. Bethany has the Bible in hand, and she is uh, ready to pick up where we left off. So the last thing we heard was the abyss had been opened, and all kinds of really scary things came out. And those scary things started tormenting the uh, two-thirds of the people left on the earth after the big rocks in the sky came down and killed a third of the population. So now we're down to two-thirds of what it was before the objects fell into the earth. Then these creatures are unleashed from the depths of the abyss. And another third, and I don't say this properly because it's not 
the it's a third of a the third of who's left. It's a third of the existing population after the first third got knocked off. So that leaves us with a pretty dreary scenario as we get to chapter ten of Revelation. Bethany, why don't you read some of that for us, and then we'll talk it over. Okay, some of it. Well, you'll know where to stop. Okay. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven. He was robed in a cloud with a rainbow above his head. His face was like the sun, and his legs were like fiery pillars. He was holding a little scroll, which lay open in his hand. He planted his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, and he gave a loud shout like the roar of a lion. When he shouted, the voice of seven thunders spoke. And when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Okay, let's stop there. So we have a really big angel and a little bitty scroll. <laughs> so <laughs> you've heard me say that before. Big angel, little bitty scroll. And yet there is a... Uh, there is a curious thing going on there. It, it's really, uh, th this is where the story of Revelation, and, 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 and bleh, given my tendency to take it literally, mm -hmm. I'm imagining that this is where human history encounters real life science fiction. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> um, this is a massive being. Mm -hmm standing like a colossus <laughs> well i was thinking i was picturing the colossus yeah like the like the seven wonders of the world colossus yeah yeah which is massive or was massive and then you have um this scroll and then you ended with john was getting ready to write down what was said and somebody said mm, stop yeah which is interesting so since what he was told to write yeah. Everything he he's supposed to write on. it all down. This one he's supposed to not write down. That would make me nervous. So what is he about to witness? And what do we make of it? Well, so. is it what he's about to witness? Or is it, because it sounds like he's not allowed to write down what the thunder's response is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, I'm just clarifying that. No, that's true. it sounds like he is going to be able to write down what the angel's doing, but whatever the thunders say back must be... I don't know. That's the part I th find very interesting. Mm -hmm. Something gets said that apparently should not be revealed. Okay. Maybe some strategy. Yeah, so... So basically, up to this point, the seven trumpets, the seventh trumpet ushers in what are going to be the bowl wraths. And then this mighty angel, this big angel with the little bitty book, mm -hmm. is now cutting loose with what he's got to bring to the earth. Uh, he, she, the being. And... Uh, that's where we've got it so far. So take us a little further. Okay. Unless you have more you want to say about that. No, I was just thinking that the description of the angel is pretty cool. Well, talk about that. Well, 
I don't really know what to what to talk about. I just think that it's an interesting description. Yeah. Like. He he's described as like weather. Yeah. Which is just really interesting. Yeah. Or you know. atmosphere, I guess. Like, maybe not so much weather, but like cloud and rainbow and like. Yeah. Well, and, you know, of course, my tendency all along with the Bible has been to look at things from the point of view that it's really a question of dimension mm-hmm. uh, or dimensions. And so the, the feeling I have is, is that, that there is, at this point in the Revelation story and in human history, there's a, it's really hard to tell where one reality ends and another one picks up it that you've got this well this abyss that's open from underneath so that once hidden terrifying things are now part of the surface condition and then you've got this now heavenly being appearing uh and sort of stepping sort of standing between the dimension of the timeless place where God dwells and the time uh, enslaved space contained (laughs) reality that we live in. And we've also talked about like when Christ first appears in Revelation, he's glowing. Yeah. And we talked about the four living creatures and how it seems like maybe they might have some kind of diamond or something mm-hmm. armor on because of the eye thing and clouds, rainbow and sun. It sounds like this is a being made of immense light Yeah, because rainbows happen due to light refraction and cloud. It, it, so it seems like probably you're right about the dimension thing, but that he, like he's made of light. Well, and the major thing uh theme of light and dark it is a major theme in the bible Mm -hmm. i mean it comes throughout the bible there is this constant uh contrast between light and dark yeah and that will become a big part of the story from here forward in revelation because there's going to be basically no light yeah and so when there's light there's only one real source of light um, well, we'll leave it at that for now. Well, so. Does, so does that mean that this mighty angel... I don't know. I guess we don't know much else about the angel. Well, now. so my commentary says, could this be Christ? That's what I was going to ask. All right. I mean, the commentary is saying that the clouds are reminiscent of times when clouds appeared throughout the Bible. So, mm. you know, we have the stories of Exodus where there's the pillar fire and the cloud by day mm-hmm. and you have the cloud of, of Matthew and the transfiguration mm-hmm. um, you have the clouds that he ascends into in the Acts of the Apostles um, you know his his uh, it, this this feels like it might be an image of Christ yeah and that it could be that he is um, uh, appearing as the angel of the Lord, just as he has in the Old Testament, like when Joshua mm-hmm. encounters the captain of the host. Yeah. Um, no angel ever let anybody bow to him. So when when Joshua encounters this particular person, th- this person doesn't say, don't bow to me. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's sort of implicit that it's yeah. because it's the Lord. Yeah. So. Well, I see your notes also say lion, and that makes sense too. Because mm-hmm. it says he shouts like a lion. Like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's him. That makes sense to me. And so what's what's Christ doing in this particular situation? You know, um, I, I get the feeling, and I know that, that, you know, we've slept since the last time we did this and everything, but I just, I, my gut feeling is that, that he's like the commander mm-hmm. who comes to the battlefront to collect the last of his own, mm-hmm. you know. And in, in other words, it feels like Christ is coming mm-hmm. to say, I'm about to pull out here. Um, I'm old enough to remember when the United States pulled out of Vietnam. I remember it vividly. I can remember watching it on TV. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when our American forces pulled out of Vietnam and the North Vietnamese Army was just pouring in because our, our military was, pull, was pulling out. And there was a sense that, that the last people to pull out there was probably an officer a commander somebody who was there to make sure that the last of his people got out Mm -hmm. before he turned it over to the enemy and i just i get the feeling that that's what this is that jesus has appeared the lord has appeared and and it's like he's you know making one last sweep and then he's pulling out i don't know Mm -hmm. all right You want to read on? Sure. Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven, and he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it, and the sea and all that is in it, and said, There will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished, just as he announced to his servants and prophets. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me once more. Go, take the scroll that lies open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and asked him to give me the little scroll. He said to me, Take it and eat it. It will turn your stomach sour, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. I took the little scroll from the angel's hand and ate it. It tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach turned sour. Then I was told, You must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. And that's all of chapter 10, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Well, okay. So um, let's start with the scroll and then we'll go backwards to the mysteries because that's basically the two things we've got here. Now, the Mm -hmm. scroll, the little bitty book, is to be eaten. Yeah. Well, okay. So the first thought that pops into my mind is, of course, when uh, when I do communion services, as you know, I often tell people that what we are to do in the the celebration of the Lord's Supper is to kind of understand that what Jesus is saying is, is this is my body, take it and eat it. And he's really saying, consume who I am and what I've done. It, it's a way of sort of saying you've got to entirely and completely internalize this. Mm-hmm. Um, this will, you know, maybe troubling to an air Catholic listeners because I'm not supporting in this statement any idea that it's the literal flesh of Jesus. 
But what I do say to people is, is look, he's saying to eat his body because what he means for us to do is to, to uh, entirely consume it. You know, what, what happens when you eat food, especially healthy food, right? It, it goes into your body, it's broken down, and it's turned into energy and nutrients. And so anything that you consume that is of value to your body infuses your entire body mm-hmm. in one way or another with energy or whatever. And so it's very real to imagine that Jesus is saying, so this is my body, consume it in like absorb it into your entire being. You know, he's saying that, that to, in order to be, you know, to really benefit from what I'm giving you here, that's what you do. Yeah. So then I see one whom we think is the Lord saying to John, eat this. It'll taste like honey, but it'll be bitter. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I wonder what this book is, <laughs> you know, and why is it like honey, mm-hmm. but bitter? Mm-hmm. Or but not bitter, but I mean, gives you a sour stomach. Make sure, yeah. You know, so what, what does it do to your stomach that... that uh, it's like when you eat a food you really love, but you know you're going to regret it later. Yeah, Ugh. you know. And so, so uh, you know, I think... Um, I think that it it might be a uh, uh, a way of saying you know you need to entirely digest this and and it's you know it's going to be pleasing to you yet it will it will leave you troubled you know it'll leave you troubled and um, I think the way I'm interpreting this is if this is Jesus if this is a this is the Lord sort of getting ready to clear out and hand creation over to the enemy for a while. Um, then the scroll is sort of this uh, declaration of, of uh, uh, I don't mean this the way it sounds, but not like surrender, but, but like it's, it's sort of a statement of, you know, for now, mm-hmm. the enemy gets it. You know, it's it's like he's pulling out, because what becomes clear from here on out is is that that the entire earth is enemy territory. Yeah. You know that that uh, you know we've we've been sort of occupiers in enemy enemy territory. The Christians are sort of occupants of enemy territory. We're we're living uh, in in a world that's essentially hostile to God, but because we're here. Um, it's limited, you know, and Jesus is about to pull out, and that means that there is going to be unlimited hostility. There's going to be the enemy's way of doing things. So I don't know. So here's another spin on this, maybe. Okay, I could use some help with this right now. Well, okay. So maybe it's really just about John. And I'm saying that because we don't know what's in the scroll. Like We don't know what it says or anything. John eats it. Right. And the goal is for him, like, they tell him to go get it and eat it. And and we know, you and I know, that he has some other additional roles coming up. Right. So I'm picturing it like this. Go with me. Um, I love Olympic swimming. Mm-hmm. I love watching Olympic swimmers. And Olympic swimmers, and a lot of other athletes, too, carb load before a big event. 
So I'm <laughs> picturing it kind of like carb loading where you got to eat a certain thing because it's going to give you that boost you need before your event. And maybe he's being told to eat this and it's going to taste good, but it's going to make his stomach hurt. Mm-hmm. But it's because of what he's got coming up next. Like it's a, it's like a preparatory meal, like yeah, sustenance of some kind for what he's doing next. Well, I think that's certainly true, and I think that the most obvious answer is the one that I'm probably avoiding, and that is is that this is basically part of his charge to give us this book to study. I mean, he's taken all of this in, and the Lord is saying, your purpose is to tell people what you've seen Mm -hmm. so that they can be prepared and so they can be informed, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. Because he accepted his responsibility, mm-hmm. which was to, which was to witness terrifying things, mm-hmm. and and you know, it, and it tastes like honey because it's like, man, I've been invited up to heaven. I'm walking with Jesus here, yeah. and and you know, and I'm but seeing, <laughs> but what he's seeing is terrifying, and so you know, it leaves him with the with a sour stomach. He's, you know, it's a, it's an incredible experience to be in the presence of God and all of these angels and all of this, but he's also experiencing something that's deeply upsetting and disturbing. And so now here he is, uh, basically have being told, you know, absorb this. Well, and that makes sense because the very last verse of the chapter is him being told, you must go do this again. Like, you've got to go prophesy some more. Yeah. So it's like, all right, breather. But you gotta go. You gotta dive back in. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, can you imagine being, you know, taken up into the presence of God and then coming back, especially to a place like Patmos? You know, like <laughs> wait, <laughs> nothing's happening. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is this is like sensory overload and stimulation beyond imagination. And then I go back to this island, this It'd be rock. Really disappointing, yeah. too, because you were like in the throne room of heaven. And I've heard people, uh, I've read books like, say, 90 Minutes in Heaven and some other books and things. And, and people who have died and come back, they often say that they really didn't want to come back. <laughs> like, you know, I, I was having a good time. I mean, I liked it where <laughs> I was, you know. And, and so, yeah, that kind of leaves him with a bitter taste in his mouth. But then but they go back. What verse was it where he said the, the mysteries? It was uh, um, seven. I, well, it. I'll just reread five through seven. Okay. Then the angel I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven. And he swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all that is in them, the earth and all that is in it and the sea and all that is in it and said, there will be no more delay. But in the days when the seventh angel is about to sound his trumpet, the mystery of God will be accomplished just as he announced to his servants and prophets. Okay. What are the mysteries of God? Um, you know, um, again, my commentary says that, that basically that this this terminology is used in different times in the Bible to describe um, things that that are said that don't exactly like the kingdom of heaven. I was thinking about that one. You know, uh, the the uh, the fact that Israel is so blind. Uh, you know, how is it that they remain so important to God and to Christians and, and of course, to Jews? You know, how is it Israel is so vital to the story and yet they're blind? They don't see that. I'm just looking at the notes that mm-hmm. give me scriptural references. Um, 
you know, the rapture is a mystery. Um, and yet you can't deny it. it. It's it's mysterious enough to say, this is crazy. Why would anybody believe this? But it's, <laughs> but it's true enough that you can't deny it. Growing up with many, many, many family members who are practicing Catholics, mm-hmm. I immediately read that and thought of communion in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. When we proclaim the mysteries of faith. Yeah. Christ, Christ has died. died Christ, Christ is risen. Christ, Christ will, will come, come again. again. And we know he's coming. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking, that the mystery of God will be accomplished. Just that, you know, he's coming back. And when we use the word mystery in the Bible, some, some folks have heard me say this a lot, but this is a really important kind of churchiology truth. You have to understand that in church speak, mystery is not so much a, a riddle to be solved. It's not like a mystery novel where we're going to try to figure out who done it. Mystery means that it is something that cannot be explained, but the fact that it cannot be explained is a matter of faith Mm -hmm. because you couldn't really put your faith in anything that could be explained. Mm -hmm. So mystery in the Bible refers to things that we believe in faith. So that's, and, and for me, the rapture is a perfect example. Right. I believe in the mystery of the rapture, even though it's one of the hardest things to prove. Mm-hmm. And yet, when you get enough evidence from scripture, you're accepting a mystery. And, and so the, the, this seems to be what this really means, is that mystery in this case is still the same. Yeah. It's still this whole thing is how does it, how does it resolve something? You know, and and I've often thought, um, often thought that there are so many more things. We've been studying Job in Sunday morning church, and I've often thought that the big problem Job has is that he has to accept that God has other things on God's mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I say that with all humility. I mean, it's, it is funny. But it's also, it's like, we all have to realize yeah, that. Yeah, that, well, that's more why I was laughing. Yeah, I was laughing because like, I was like, yeah, we, like, think that we are the center of the universe yeah. and there's a lot going on, like a cosmic battle. And what's really amazing <laughs> is, is that he is that interested in us. Yeah. So that it's okay to think that God cares that deeply about us, about me, about mm-hmm. you. And yet, sometimes, when it feels like God doesn't care, it... It's like you got to be like Job and say, well, gee, maybe there's, you know. <laughs> he might have a couple other things on his plate. And and honestly, at the time I'm recording this, we we uh, haven't mentioned it yet. But, uh, you know, in the service, uh, in the sermon series, we'll eventually get to the point where God says, hey, Job, um, just a minute. I'd just like to remind you that. You weren't there when I was making this place. You, you know, you weren't there when I was playing with Leviathan. I had to throw that in for you because you. I know you were. You're like God. God was playing fetch with dinosaurs, and Job wasn't around. You know, I mean that that's the idea. You know, I mean, and so it's kind of God's way of saying, believe it or not, I have a history before you. I've I've told you children this, haven't I? Yeah. I've told my own sons and daughters, friends, about how I had a life before they were ever in it. Yeah. That, that I'd already been around for a few decades or a couple of decades by the time my children came along. And 
I have stories and experiences that predate them. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what God says to Job. He says, you know, I don't know how to tell you this, but I was here before you and I'll be here after you. And, and, you know, I have a lot of things I'm dealing with, Job, Mm -hmm. and I do care deeply about you. But let's not forget that, you know, sometimes you suffer because I'm dealing with something you can't deal with you know and so there's the mystery again yeah the mystery is that somehow god is conscious of me and yet able to grasp more than a universe worth of stuff and somehow stay on top of it all and somehow see an eternal plan that we can only barely grasp as we try to imagine just this book of revelation and how it fits together so mm-hmm. So I guess that that's the mystery, really. Yeah. And um, so what we're getting ready to experience, and and I, you know, I'm going to knock us off here rather than take on another chapter because <laughs> I, you know, if you're one of those people that sits in on my live in-person Bible studies, you can tease me all I want for taking a long, long, long time to do this, <laughs> because. You know, all I can say is, is it's my podcast and I can do whatever I want. <laughs> but what I really think is, is that it's just better to digest it, think it through, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot in chapter 11. So yeah, really 11's going to be really kind of big. Yeah. And and 11's the reason that I said we need to stop and take a moment to look at uh, the 70 weeks of Daniel mm-hmm. and all that. It was because of chapter 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so right now, we, we've spent the last three weeks kind of doing our own version of chewing on the book. And uh, it tastes like honey, but it could leave your stomach a little sour. Yeah. But that's okay. Um, what else should we say about this? Do you think there's anything else we should cover at this point? You know, I hate to say it, but we haven't even gotten any listener uh, mail this week. We, we didn't get any, I didn't get any emails. That's um, a bummer. Or, or Facebook messages or anything. I do want to thank the one who told me that I had messed up the recording from last week. Oh. Um, and, you know, I failed I failed to do... Uh, there's something I do at the beginning of every episode that I forgot to do with this one, and that is just to announce that this is episode 23 and that it's being recorded on September the 16th, 2018. Um, but... Because I do that, someone could say to me last week or just the other day, hey, that one from from episode 22, there's a little place in there where you and Bethany are talking on top of each other. (laughs) And that's because I was using my fancy software to try to make your voice louder because I couldn't... Because I don't talk into the microphone loud enough. That's right. And I keep trying to tell her, (laughs) you know, daddy had a life before you were born and I was in the radio business in the life before you were born. I sat in front of microphones like this in radio studios before you were born out in Oklahoma. (laughs) And and so when I say, honey, you got to talk to the microphone so you can have a big radio voice like this. And you can say, you're listening to GHM, the podcast. But the problem is, is that in my life outside of you, I talk in a soft voice. Yes, because you're the school counselor. But just do that. I understand. So... 
But the, the software needs for you to speak clearly <laughs> and plainly into the microphone. So anyway, uh, thank you folks for paying attention, even while we were just paddling and prattling along here. So uh, thank you for, for uh, listening faithfully, but uh, we do love to hear from you. So yeah. please feel free to write us some more good stuff. Yep. Have you heard any comments or anything that, that I didn't or anything you want to share? I can't think of anything. I mean, maybe, but I don't remember anything off the top of the noggin. Well, that's okay. So this is a somewhat shorter version of the podcast today, Mm -hmm. and that's okay uh, because uh, we... uh, This one's pretty cut and dry, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated by the Seven Thunders, and I wish that there was more info, but I just feel like maybe that's something we're not supposed to know about. (laughs) I want to know more, but John's not allowed to tell (laughs) us. Okay. So. Well, all right, my friends, we thank you so much for your faithful listening and the, the honor that you give us by listening to us uh, have this conversation. Uh, make yourself part of the conversation. Join us on the Facebook group. You can do that by clicking the link that's in the description of the podcast. You can go to Facebook and search for Knowing God with Heart and Mind. And it is a closed group, and all you have to do to be a part of it is ask to be on it, and I will send you... I will approve you immediately and have you join us because we just love to hear from you. You can also write me an email. Best way to do that is visit shilohum.org. That's S-H-I-L-O-H-U-M dot org. And uh, follow the links and you can send a message to me, Pastor Dan. I'll be happy to share anything you want to send to Bethany. And, uh, you know, just feel free to stay in touch. And we'd love to see you at church sometime. Feel free to join us if you're in the area of Jasper, Indiana. We will welcome you with open arms. This is episode 23, recorded on September the 16th, 2018. And uh, we love you. God bless you. Goodbye.